sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. Live from Sin City. Vegas, baby, Vegas! It's Vegas Sportsbook Radio with Brian Blessing. I'm a soul man. Hey, folks, here we go. Sportsbook Radio coming to you from Las Vegas. Glad to be here. Brian Blessing, Stevie Slapship, our producer, Chris Bavona in New York. Uh, lots to dissect in the NBA, racing towards the All-Star break. The NHL, there was a big boy hockey game in Vegas. We got teams coming off the shelf, maybe not faring so well. Looking at kind of the big picture in hoops, hockey, NCAA tournament, Baseball's not too far away. Golf, they're in L.A. And we keep our watchful eye on the NFL on the quarterback front. So we got lots of stuff to be rocking and rolling with. Glad to be with you. Let's say hi to Stevie Slapshot first and foremost. Say good morning. Good morning, bud. How you doing? Another day at the beach, my good friend, a chilly beach. Speaking of chilly, we should, should we, <laughs> Stevie, we should check in with our buddy Chris Bavona. Let, let's see. Are you in your Manhattan pad you know, wearing a parka, a turtleneck, a scarf. I mean, how cold is it in New York? What do you What do you think? I live in Texas, man. Come on. <laughs> oh, I mean, laughing, but that's sad. The people in Texas, man, that's nuts. What's going on down there? And this, this yeah, but the, storms. That that's a problem with their power grids. They're not used to this type of weather. But at the same time, they had so many chances to take care of that in the last in the last decade, and they didn't. I mean, you can't, you know, there's no cracking jokes about this. I mean, that is just absolutely horrifying. Have you ever gone through a long stretch without power, either of you? The, the longest that stretch I ever went was after um, a bad rainstorm. We we didn't have power for about two days, but that's it. That, that's it for me, too. We're, we're up in Northern How, California, we'd have storms in the winter, and, and we'd, we'd lose it for a couple of days. Well, you know, I, I my heart goes out to those people. When I was I moved out to Vegas in 2005, and I was still transitioning to get out here, and my wife was still back in Buffalo, and the one day she calls me, she goes, "Listen to this." I go, "It was in October," and I'm hearing I'm hearing this hideous noise. I go, "What is that sound?" She goes, "Those are all the trees on our street falling down. They got seven feet of snow, and the next day." It was 60 degrees, seven feet of snow, and then the snow became mashed potatoes and the weight of the snow. All the power was out, and literally my best friend 90 minutes south of Buffalo got to our house to her literally as the basement or the family room downstairs was flooding. And he got there with a, a, a sump pump and saved the house, and he brought a generator, and that generator we were the most popular guys on that street. There was no power for about eight or nine days. It took me three days to get from Vegas to Buffalo and get back there. And we were the only ones on the street that had a generator. Let me tell you, kids, living without power is not fun. I mean, my heart really goes out to those people in Texas. That, you, know, you, you read stuff on the news, you know, I'm, are we callous? That you know, Oh, wait, that must really suck, those poor people. Believe me, you, you read stuff on the news and you just – you don't ever grasp the severity of it unless you've gone through something like that. I would agree. I uh, again, you know, a couple of days, but it wasn't as cold 
you know, th those those times as I know it is in Texas right now. So I, I, I talked to a buddy of mine. He said, you know, I, I can deal without no lights and, and whatever. It is freezing down here. Yes. I got so, a friend in Austin right now, but uh, he got he and his family are lucky. They haven't lost any power at all. Man, I mean, that's just a terrifying thing. You talk about just the things we take for granted and we're, how lucky we are that, you know, we talk sports for a living and, you know, you sit there and pout and feel, you know, you're in a crummy mood because your team stinks. Like, uh, like an example, like the Sabres. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know you're, or the Rangers. Or the Rangers. We get, we get miserable on our sports teams and stuff like that. But the impact of this thing on the, on the playing field, Stevie, you got another – you know, NHL games, Dallas, their games are just going by the boards. I don't know how Dallas, like, how are they going to make all these games up? I don't know. I don't know, Brian. We, again, our our talk about, you know, maybe you have to play through the Olympics or maybe you have to uh, push the playoffs back a little bit after the Olympics are over, finish out the regular season, and then start the playoffs. They're, they're not, they're, they're not going to have time to get these games in. And I and I hope I hope they don't go to percentage. I, I don't want to see win percentage term, determine in playoff teams. It's not right. I don't see any way around it. I I, just, I don't see how they're going to be able to pull this off. Well, again, I, I, I just play. Well, you got two options. Again, play play through the. What's wrong with playing through the Olympics? So, so you lose some viewers. You're, you're, how many people are watching now anyway? I mean, well, here's a question: What's the possibility? What's the possibility that there are some teams that they're so far out of the playoffs that they just stop even before their season ends, and you just have games with the teams that are still alive? It trying to put that bandaid on the head wound. Chris, it just doesn't work because it's not a level playing field. When you're going to sit there and go, yeah, well, this team played, you know, way too many games against the team that was seven games above 500, and the games, that, and then the teams that were supposed to play the team that's hopelessly out of it, those are the games the other team needed to win for them to get in the playoffs. It's an absolute dog's breakfast. But you know, we'll talk about that. Uh, the Olympics, by the way, talk about all quiet. You know, we're all going on the hope that the Olympics can be pulled off. And that's going to have an impact, certainly, on the NHL season. But it's all quiet on the Japan front. All right, we're off to the races. Glad to be with you. Always fun on the Sports Grid Radio Network. And right here on Sirius Channel 204. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Hey, we're back in Las Vegas on Vegas Sportsbook Radio. On the SportsGrid Radio Network Series Channel 204, Brian Blessing and Stevie Slapshot. Stevie's still here. Uh, Alex Gilchenik, so far, Steve didn't get traded again today. That's the news segment, the news update. Did Alex Gilchenik get traded today? Twice the, in four days, he's been line, traded 11 times in his career. I forget where I heard it, but somebody called him the Dave Kingman of hockey, and it's true. He's playing for everybody. Wow. He's, he's on his uh, barnstorming tour of the NHL. Great old time reference, by the way. Uh, you know, Dave King. You know, when we talk about this stuff, and we 
wax nostalgic and we talk about older guys, you know, I'm sure a good portion of the audience go, I never saw that guy. Who are they talking about? How about Dave Kingman, Stevie? I mean, he was like a bean pole, and the, his baseball bat was like a telephone pole, and he just swang with this, with this massive uppercut, towering home runs. I mean, it would take forever for them to come down. A lot of power. I, I, again, I, I grew up in Northern California. He came up as a as a giant in like nineteen, literally in like uh, nineteen seventy two. Uh, hit a, hit a big home run on the final day uh, to beat the Padres for the Giants to get into the uh, playoffs in uh, in seventy one. Juan How's this? won that game. How's this for memories, kid? I mean, I grew up in northeastern Pennsylvania, so let's say in the seventies. Again, ouch. Uh, but we would go down to Philadelphia and go down to the vet a lot in Philly and watch go for Phillies games in the summer, and it was great. But I, you talk about fond memories and being lucky that you grew up at a, a certain time. That National League East back then, the Mets would come in with Kingman. Uh, the Expos had Gary Carter and Andre Dawson. The Steelers would come in with, you know, Willie Stargell and and, and – Manny Sanguian and the guys they had, the Phillies were loaded with Mike Schmidt and Luzinski, Maddox, Dave Cash. That division was unbelievable. And you were, you were just watching the, the best in the game for an era that would come in there in that division. Those were great, great games back then. Those, those Montreal teams in particular, boy, they had an outfield. Ellis Valentine, I remember, uh, the Hawk. Who, who went on to the uh, the Cubs. I think he's the last guy to win an MVP. I think it was 87 for a last-place team. Um, and uh, But those those Montreal teams had hitters up and down the lineup and, and yet couldn't even get to the playoffs, much less win playoff games when they got there. I would assume, uh, what, in your youth, uh, a lot of Giants and Dodgers games? Oh, yeah. Oh, I hate – I will forever hate Bill Russell – and uh, Manny Mota, there, it, it, it would always be a one-run ball game in the bottom of the ninth, and Bill Russell either hits this 22-hopper bleeding through the infield to drive in the winning run, or Manny Mota comes up with a Texas leaguer that finds a parachute in between the infield and the outfield, and, and that drove in the winning run. All, uh, constantly one-run ball games that the Giants would lose. You know, waxing nostalgic a little bit, uh, that, that's, I guess, what you get when you're old. But those fun memories. And sports was sports back then. You know, players would sign autographs. You could sneak from the upper deck and down in, 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 you know, when you're a kid and sneak in and get good seats down low. But I had family in Maryland and Virginia. And I would go down in the summer a lot to hang out with my cousins. And we used to go to the Washington Senators games. And some of my fondest memories going to watch the Senators and Frank Howard, who was unbelievable. It was a strikeout or a 500-foot homer. And I'm not kidding you, Stevie. When he hit it, it was, it was you know, 450 if it went off the end of the bat. The, the show was to go watch Frank Howard in batting practice. And the, the one game, we're in center field straight away at RFK Stadium in the upper deck. And we went, my cousin and I went to the concession stand. So it would be popcorn, soda, whatever. Come on, hurry up, hurry up. He's almost up. He's almost up. So literally, we get the popcorn and the soda, and we're walking, and now we get to the, the concourse tunnel to come back to inside of, to the stadium. 
straightaway center field. It's like, you know, like 560 feet up there. And we're walking out as he's at the plate, and he hits it. And Steve, as God is my witness, the ball goes flying over our head. At RFK Stadium, they painted the seats in the upper deck where Frank Howard hit home runs. He was unbelievable. Yeah, I, I, re, I remember Frank. He, he did a tour of MLB like Kingman did. He, he came up with the Dodgers. Uh, then, as you say, Washington Senators. Now, that was the second Washington Senators, right? The, the first one had already moved to Minnesota. No, this was, this was no, this was the original Senators so, that so came from Minnesota. Was Killebrew on that team with Howard? I how long did Killebrew? I'm trying to think. Did Killebrew actually? I guess he did have a cup of coffee in Washington, right? I I think he came up with Washington and then moved with the team to Minnesota. So I yeah. so for some reason I think I think Frank Howard was on the second edition of the Washington Senators. Anyway, I I'll never forget Frank Howard. I was watching the game of the week on NBC, and it was <laughs> uh, he was with De- he was with Detroit then. And I forget who they were playing, but I will never forget this home run. Completely fooled on a curveball. He was looking fastball, started his swing. It was a curve. So fooled that the backhand comes off the bat. He's one-handed now and drove the ball way out into left center field. I mean, way out with one hand, Brian. (laughs) If Frank Howard was 6'7", they had him down as 255. I don't know about that. But the other guy, you know, I saw Maris and Mantle like the tail end of their careers. But the other guy that I could, the only other guy I could relate to with the sound the ball made when it came off his bat was similar, was at the end of his career, but he still had a lot left in the tank, was Richie Allen playing with Philadelphia. Yeah. And his, I think he, he swung like most guys use what Stevie, like a how, the bat, for 38, 39, 40 inches. Yeah. So, but like Richie Allen had like a forty-eight inch bat. It was like he was swinging a telephone pole, and I mean, right. imagine the 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 hand speed and the strength to be able to swing a bat that big. You know, with guys throwing at ninety miles an hour at your head. Yeah. No. The the, the guy for me was Frank Robinson. And, and, and I got to see him at the end of his career live at Angel Stadium. Uh, he was the player manager at that time. He got a hold of one against the White Sox. And between they, they had just completed the upper deck at Angel Stadium then and, and enclosed it. He hit, he hit a line drive, Brian, that hit the back cement wall. out uh, uh, Again, left center field. And the, when it hit the wall, I've never heard a sound like that. It was a line <laughs> drive that hit that hit that wall, and it, I don't know, it sounded like a watermelon exploding or something. It was, I've never heard a sound like that in a baseball stadium before. Frank Robinson was a monster, too. Do we ever sit back and, and kind of enjoy what you're watching and realize what you're watching at the time? I had that experience. I was doing the Sabres broadcast, and when Dominic Hasek got traded there, nobody knew nothing about this guy, and it didn't take long. But, but by the end of the first full year, we were watching this guy, and he was so unorthodox. We were saying, and then it went on for five years. We go, we're watching the greatest goalie that maybe ever played the game. That's that's the Tootsie Roll this guy went on for like a five, six, seven-year stretch. We're going, we're watching the best that ever played the game. And we, you know, we, we learned to appreciate it. And I wonder in baseball, when you th- we're throwing all these old-time names out, a guy like Mike Trout, I think, is the guy now 
that would transcend any era. Mookie Betts is great, but but Trout, just everything he brings to the table, he's got like a little Mickey Mantle kind of thing to him. Yeah, you know, I'm a Red Sox fan. I, I knew what I was watching when I watched Jastrzemski. I loved watching that guy play baseball. And and to hockey, and I know he's not Hasek, but Fleury has been a pleasure to watch. And the other guy that I love watching play hockey right now for the Knights is Riley Smith. And he's not a big name. He doesn't put up big stats. Whatever. That guy's a hockey player, and I love watching him play the game. He plays the game I, the way it should be played. I guess the moral of the story is enjoy the games, make some money, uh, but enjoy and appreciate what you're watching. And we hope you appreciate yes. what you're listening to. It's Sportsbook Radio right here on the Sports Grid Radio Network and Sirius Channel 204. Back to Vegas in a moment. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. All right, folks, we're back with you here at Sportsbook Radio in Las Vegas on the Sports Grid Radio Network Series Channel 204. Brian Blessing, Stevie Slapshot. We were talking old-time memories in the last segment, and the guy that haunted you, Stevie, did you say Manny Moda haunted you? Manny Moda was one of them. Him and Billy Russell, but they were both of them. I, I hate both of them. Wait a minute. I got something for you. Manny Moda. Moda. Ouch. Chris Bavona teeing you up a like a golf ball. <laughs> that, that hurt. That hurts a little bit. That that so that was that had to be Cincinnati because Pedro Bourbon played for Cincinnati. So that didn't that didn't hurt as much. If that had been a, a, a Dodger, that would have lost my mind. But that, it, anyway, I just that constantly, Brian. I don't know if this happened to you with any of your teams, but but those were the two uh, antichrists for me. In baseball, growing up, Bill Russell and Manny Moto, they killed me every game. Yeah, I have like jockeys in horse racing that if I bet on them, they'd lose. If you go against them, they'd always beat you. Pat Day always used to carve my heart out. Yeah, minor. Uh, I got two. I got uh, uh, Reggie Miller and David Ortiz. Well, see, I love David Ortiz, but uh, I well, I, but I see, get, I get no doll. <laughs> yeah, but see, see, I don't even know what year it was, Chris. I mean, if you, I'm a Yankee fan, as are you, and I'm not that Yankee fan. You know, I'm I'm not the obnoxious Yankee fan. But I mean, I grew when I grew up as a kid in Pennsylvania. My dad worked for Stegmeyer Beer. The brewing company had a box on the third baseline, second row from the third base coach's box, and we go down five, six, seven times a year to the games. When I grew up with the Yankees, I earned my pinstripes by the time Steinbrenner started buying it, you know, in the, in the late 70s. But I got in when I was a kid on the tail end of all the glory, and I grew up with Ron Bloomberg at first, Horace Clark, Gene Michael, Tom Tresh, Jake Gibbs, Ron Woods. <laughs> You're a Yankee fan. Have you ever heard of any of those guys? Uh, I did. I remember those guys. I'm a little bit – that's a little bit before my- my time but i do remember the days of you know steve Sachs, danny tartable um oh what was his uh, roberto kelly for a minute 
Yeah, but not like won the World Series with with the Yankees. This is what we're talking. I'm talking like the early '90s Yankees, the bad like, Yankees, the, yeah. the, the, the bad Yankees. Yeah, yeah. No, it's kind of fun to wax nostalgic, and we all have those moments, and like we have those teams when it comes to betting that you just you never can get a read on. Hey, Stevie, uh, last night in the NHL, I just wanted to throw this at you: the Golden Knights played Colorado. And in the Pacific Division, it's a weak division. It's you're looking at you know Vegas and Colorado. We think of the class. St. Louis actually is the one with the recent cup. They're very good. And it was like a three horse race, and then who's going to get fourth? And that's kind of what we've been talking about. We were watching some of the games, and you're almost watching a team like Vegas against the Arizonas and the Anaheims of the world in L.A. They're not going through the motions, but you know you're watching the games, and and we're going. Okay, I mean, I love hockey, and I'm watching this. Well, all of a sudden, here comes Colorado. And we saw two great hockey games with Colorado coming off the shelf. And the game last night was as good a hockey game as you will ever see. The Avs' cadre scores in the final minute, and the Avs beat the Golden Knights 3-2. And I'm watching this game, and as I'm watching it, I said, I, I, I wonder if they know this. So at the end of the game, you know, there's the media, the press conferences, there's the Zoom thing. So I, I wanted, I had to ask Pete DeBoer after the game because I'm watching it. And you remember, and this was the way I even posed the question to him. And I said, I'm watching this game and I'm going back 15 years at Old Northlands Coliseum in Edmonton. You're like, ice is ice, right? Well, that wasn't the case. Remember the game, Stevie? I mean, you know, you had the Oilers' great teams. But even after the great teams were done, you'd watch Hockey Night in Canada or you'd watch somebody go up and play a game in Edmonton. And you're going, this game looks so much faster. The ice was so good. And that the games in Edmonton were, like, so entertaining because they were so high-octane and so fast. I was watching that game last night as you were. That one turned the page. It was by a country mile the fastest I've seen two teams play a hockey game this entire year. Colorado is unbelievable with their team speed, and they kind of sucked Vegas into that game. And Vegas, in transition, they looked really fast. But Colorado's willing to let the other team do that because they generate so much offense in transition. I mean, was it as eye-popping to you, the pace of play in that game? It was it was like they both had turbo skates on. Yeah, you know, I noticed it more in the first game of the series, uh, which the Knights won uh, one to nothing. I think the Knights kept up with Colorado better in that game uh, than they did last night. Now, last night, they're a step slower than the first game, I thought. And and I don't know that the Knights passing wasn't quite as crisp. Colorado is bad fast. They Every guy they've got, even the defensemen, Whoever steps on the ice for them is a rocket. It, and I, they have two guys in the first game. I, I've never heard of these guys before. Uh, O'Connor and McDonald, bad fast. And I'll tell you another guy the Knights better uh, answer for as this series goes along and through this year is a kid named Graves on defense. He's knocking guys around, and somebody for the Knights better step up to him. Well, Kel McCarr's been out of the lineup. You think about the guys that are out of the lineup for Colorado. McCarr's out. Calvert's out. I mean, they're missing like four guys. 
that are impact yeah. players for them. They, they, these guys, Colorado. Honestly, Stevie, you know I was banging their drum to win the cup last year, and injuries got them in the bubble. If they're healthy, but you throw Sod into the lineup, and Don Skoy, Burakovsky's a rocket sled. Yeah. I, oh, I'm telling you, I, the, the, these guys to me are winning the cup. I mean, they were my pick before the season, and I ain't off it at all. I mean, they and Grubauer is pretty solid. I, I don't think you know, he's not. Uh, it's the only question mark, if you ask me, because right. on the on the blue line. This Bowen Byram kid is a baby. He can't even shave. And he played 25 <laughs> minutes last night. And he's like one of these, the most noticeable player on the ice other than McKinnon. I was really impressed with him in the two games so far. As you say, he's 19 years old. He's playing like a seven-year veteran. The same is true on the other side for the Knights um, with White Cloud. Both, both these guys make the right decision all the time. Really impressed with Byram. Don't forget, Gerard is out. He's a really good defenseman. Um, uh, Graves, like I said, is is playing really well for them. Um, uh, Makar has been out. He's gonna. I mean, th- this Colorado team is loaded. The the one question mark has been the goaltending. Grubauer is playing really well right now. I don't know if they'll be able to keep this pace up, but if he can, you know, any form of this is going to be good enough. You've got to remember that Francis is injured. I don't know who, who's behind him. So, you know, you got to get Grubauer some rest at some point. That's their one question mark. But, look, Colorado is really, really good. Well, i got to tell you something. We were talking about recognizing greatness. And, and it's one thing, you know, we talk about McKinnon and McKinnon's speed and how unbelievable he's been. Stevie, you know, you, you, there are things you see that you're going, did I just see that? And, you know, and I, you know, you wonder, like, is it just me? Did, did people recognize that or see that and how unbelievable that was? First of all, McKinnon played 21-24 in the game. Rantanen's out there with him. He played 19-26. You got a deal for these with those guys for basically a full period of hockey in a 60-minute hockey game. But there was one shift. The Golden Knights had tied the game. It's a 2-2 game. And both teams are pressing for the win. And it was the tail end of a shift. McKinnon had to be out there 45 seconds already. He gets the puck in his own end and spins away from a Vegas forward. And, you know, you're 99.9% of the guys in the league would try to get to the red line, dump it in, and make a change. And he spins. He weaves around another guy it, in the in center ice and says the hell with it and goes he weaves through two more golden knights and a defenseman racing at him at the tail end of his shift kind of leaning away from the play in the circle and he fires a wrist shot that beat flurry and it hit the post he went through the entire team which he does a lot but he did it after he'd already been on the ice for 45 seconds. It, it was one of the most unbelievable things I've ever seen. It, it didn't, you know, it's not a highlight. It didn't end up uh, on the stat sheet or anything, but it was incredible. It, it is. He, he and McDavid, and, and what, you know, they are, they are so fast, the two fastest guys in the NHL. But what's more impressive to me, they keep the puck on their stick at that speed. 
I cannot believe they're going that fast and the puck never leaves their stick and they're, and they're spinning and turning and weaving their way through um, line. It just, uh, Brian, I, I can't tell you how impressed I am. Uh, the, the speed is, is good enough. There, there's other fast guys in the NHL. They are not able to keep the puck on their stick. These, these two guys are unbelievable. And if they play in the Olympics for Canada someday and they're, and they're on the same line, I will tape that. I will tape that. I don't. I don't. And I will watch that the rest of my life. Uh, yeah. No. No. McDavid and McKinnon on the same line. That's nuts. All right. Uh, hey, we'll come back. We're going to talk about some of the hot teams in the NHL, the NBA, ways to make money. It's Vegas Sportsbook Radio. We're thrilled to be with you right here on the Sports Grid Radio Network and Sirius Channel 204. Don't go anywhere. We're coming right back to Vegas. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Hey, we're back with you here. Vegas Sportsbook Radio. Brian Blessing and Stevie Slapshot. Hey, you know, it's funny... It's a story in the news today. You know, one of our new sponsors, uh, UzuCBDPlus.com. You know, it's amazing, the CBD stuff. <laughs> lotions, they've got the, the chocolates, capsules, lotions, gummies. You rub this lotion, the CBD stuff, on a bum knee, a sore shoulder, or elbow. It's amazing how it calms things down. And it's the way to, you know, manage your pain the all-natural way, use the promo code BLESSING for 10% off your first order and free shipping on orders of $100 or more. It's it's an amazing thing. You know, later in life, as we keep bringing up that we're not spring chickens anymore, Stevie, it's nuts how something like that works and helps you. All your life you're hearing about, you know, pain. And Well, when you get old, believe me, you're hurting. But it's in the news now that the NFLPA – these guys are saying, look, with the NFL, they're doing research and studies right now, and this is a big thing. They want alternatives to the opioids and routine pain management, and this is a big story right now in the NFL that uh, the NFL's really looking long and hard at this stuff. They'll do their due diligence, but I, I think this, the CBD thing is going to be a thing in the NFL is these guys, literally every hit's like a car accident. <laughs> it is. I Hey, I'm all in on it, Brian. I, I think this this is an avenue that the NFL should definitely look into. I, I, I've been using CBD for a while. Uh, I have experienced no side effects. And I'm telling you, particularly my back, I got a low, a minor lower back issue. And when that thing gets, you know, sticks on me or stove, stoves up, as Jed Clampett would say, um, I rub that CBD in there. And it's like magic, Brian. It goes away like right now loosens me up the pain's gone and and like i said no side effects i i think the nfl is smart to look into this you know again when we watch the nfl games on a sunday and it's like do you realize what you're watching you know it's like you can't experience years and years covering the bills i got to buffalo in 1980 and they finally, you know, changed the rules, and nobody's out there anymore. But I used to be on the sidelines all the time. 
and you'd be standing there and the sound of every play is beyond belief. It's like the thundering hoof <laughs> when they're, they're all running and they're coming at you and the hits, it's like if you've ever gone to a boxing match and you watch boxing on TV and but you sit ringside and you hear the sound of just a punch, you're like, oh, my God. You have no idea. I mean, I, I remember walking you know, into locker rooms. Fred Smurlis played with the Bills. The one day I'm in there as he's taking his pads and he pulls the, the pads and the jersey up over his head. He had this, like the size of a volleyball, a purple, blue, green, yellow, round helmet welt on his chest. Will Grant was a center for the Bills. And the one day he walked up, he goes, hey, BB, look at this. And his hand, his right hand, it was twice the size of his left hand. He broke his hand in the first series of the game. And he goes, he goes I wanted to go to the sidelines. And, he goes, they, and Reggie McKenzie wouldn't let me, they wouldn't let me, they were going, you're not going anywhere. He plays the whole game with a broken hand. I mean, these guys are unbelievable. You know, I mean, but you don't realize what what they're going through. I mean, you just don't appreciate the sound and and the impact of these hits. So I'm a, I'm a step below you, Brian. I, I've been on the sidelines at the, at college football games at the, at Fresno State, and again, I, I agree with you. It it I cannot I, I can still hear it in my mind, but I cannot replicate the sound. In in, in it's it's impossible to describe. Someone would have to be there with me for them to understand the, the magnitude of these hits. And I, I have seen guys in locker rooms with, with, with the, the kind of things that you're describing. Um, I've seen on NFL films, you know, guys take their pads off and, and what their bodies look like. And I go, how do you even get up in the morning, much less play the next game? Oh, you know, I, I, could you I, see I, these guys on a Monday? I mean, you know, we'd be, we, and we cavalierly say, well, the, the one I always get a kick out of, Stevie, is, oh, he just got the wind knocked out of him. Have you ever had the wind knocked out of you? It's not fun. You think no, you're dying. I was going to die. Yeah. You think, I you I think you're dying. Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you the other thing. You know, the, the guy, guys in baseball, you know, they get plunked in the side and they kind of shake it off and they get back in the batter's box and they keep playing the game. Again, I've seen a guy after the game take his shirt off and you cannot believe the size of the red mark on the guy's ribs, and you can still read Spalding, you know, on, on his uh, on, on his side. I mean, and, and that thing does not go away for days, you know. And and they play every game. I I, I hats off to them. I love playing sports, but I couldn't have done what these guys do. Well, I'm telling you, the first experience I ever got with this, uh, boxing. And I, I was like, you got to be kidding me. Buffalo became, for a, a two- or three-year window, had this resurgence in boxing. And Boom Boom Mancini was fighting Livingstone Bremble. He was the headliner. And then on the undercard, the guy's name was Gene Hatcher. And he was taking on Jerry Bump City Bumpfus, you know, whatever the title was. And... Yeah, Hatcher caught him and knocked him out. That was unbelievable. But this big thing was Boom Boom Mancini's, the headliner, on the card. So I fly out. We're out at Lake Tahoe, 
we went out to Tahoe for a week, and by the way, we got the outdoor games coming up there. It's the prettiest place on God's green earth. I was never into such things, and I'm going, look at this. This thing's a postcard. So we're up there for a week with Boom Boom Mancini, get to know the guy and his manager and, and his whole team. And we're driving around Lake Tahoe 5 in the morning and running, and we're, and we're doing, putting together an hour TV show and live stuff. So anyway, we, we come back. It's fight night, so now we're doing an, uh, an hour live thing and it's the first boxing match in buffalo in god knows how many years so we're doing a live show right before so somebody me and van miller who was the you know the the main sports guy at the station we were at he and i were together forever in a day we're doing the show somebody thought it was a good idea for us to be in white tuxedos white no (laughs) oh yeah white tuxedos and it gets worse so then I, I say to my wife, who's, you know, pretty indifferent to most things, and she, she all these sporting events, and she'll watch stuff with me. She's like, but, you know, it's not over the top. So I said, why don't you come? Come on. Why don't you, this, is, this has never happened here. So she comes to, to the fight with us. We're sitting in the second row. And first of all, I'm sitting here going, my God, the sound of these guys hitting each other. It's, it's unbelievable. It's like. It's like take a baseball bat and hit a slab of beef. And that sound it makes, you can't, you don't, on TV, you can't have any idea what that sounds like. Well, anyway, I returned the beautiful white tuxedo with blood all over it in the second row. I mean, oh my God, Livingstone Bramble cut Mancini to shreds. And everybody knows Boom Boom Mancini and the Duke Who Kim story. Let me tell you something Mancini, it almost happened to him. I mean, that night, Bramble beat him so bad, he was overnight in the hospital in Buffalo, and he was in a bad way. I remember I drove his manager, Dave Wolf, to the hospital after after uh, the night was over. The, the boxing's unbelievable, Stevie. <laughs> I, I, I do. I, I, can, I can still see hear the sound in my head. I, I, I remember uh, Boom Boom Mancini and, and the Bramble fights. Um, uh, There's the Danny R- Little Red Lopez. The, these guys – how they're not all talking. Um, who, who's the guy that fought uh, Marvin Hagler? Uh, the, the, the guy from Tommy Detroit Hearns. And, and Tommy Hearns. I can't understand a word he says now. It, it's oh, like those... listening to Mickey Rivers. And I feel so bad for the guy. Um, but and, and so many of these guys, you know, Mancini was a guy that, you know, let people beat on his head to wear him out. And then and then he would go on to win the fight. But uh, he, all, all these guys take such a beating. I. Uh, you know, part of me feels bad for him. Well, the the crazy thing is, last night, I'm sitting down, I'm going to watch the Australian Open, and I don't know what the deal is. The, the tennis was supposed to be on ESPN2, but they had a Dale Earnhardt documentary on. Okay. And I, I'm like, where's the tennis? The different, you know, so I'm watching the tennis on the computer, but I could not pry myself away from this Dale Earnhardt thing because I remember the day uh, I was working that day uh, doing a sports cast, the, the day Earnhardt passed away, the 20-year anniversary of that. But th- this documentary was amazing. And it was like really the, it was Dale Jr. and everybody around the sport, and they're talking his legacy. Ryan Newman is alive because Dale Earnhardt died. That's ba- right. basically what they were because. The Hans device, the roll bars, even Newman put something in his car that's now standard in all the NASCAR cars, and it was Newman's idea. But the but the whole thing was, you know, you watch that accident, 
at the end of the race, Keselowski did exactly it was the, the Earnhardt accident looked like nothing. But when you just turn like that and you go straight into the wall, Keselowski went straight into the wall and then got T-boned by Kyle Busch on that final lap accident. And they all walk away and, and you think nothing of it. But, I mean, Newman and maybe Keselowski, 20 years ago, I don't think those guys survive. I think you're right, Brian. And, and, and I, I thought about this, you know, a- afterwards. As horrific as that accident was at Daytona uh, th- this past weekend, I never thought for a minute that anyone would be seriously injured. And, and think about that for a minute. To, 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 I mean, there were how many cars were on fire? Like four or five of them, right? Burst into flames. Mm-hmm. The guys were upside down. And, and I, it, it was literally an auto yard. When, when, when everything came to a stop finally and everybody walked out, everybody walked out of that. And, and again, I didn't, I never thought for a minute that, that they wouldn't walk out. And, and again, I know, was, I know, I, I know back on it. Now it's amazing. Well, no, because it, when Earnhardt died, four guys had died in a one year span. Adam Petty died and, and they were bringing the Hans device. The next thing in that we were talking about last week, and Ernest said, no, I don't want to wear it. I don't like it. It's uncomfortable. He didn't even wear, I mean, he had, you know, an open front of his helmet. It was his face. And, right. But they, but they all, it was the wake-up call. They said, my God, if it could happen to Dale Earnhardt, it can happen to any one of us. And they're honestly saying seven championships the guy won, but his greatest legacy is that what these guys are doing today, and they're out there, that there has not been a fatality in NASCAR since the Dale Earnhardt thing, and they're and yeah. they're honestly saying that's kind of his legacy is that if if they could lose their superstar, it was a wake up call. And thank God, I mean, it's great stuff to watch. I mean, I mean, the accidents are spectacular. It's not it's not the carnage you're sitting there, but we we, we take for granted these guys literally, you know, they're kissing their family members before they get in the car. I mean, you don't know. Well, that that's correct, and and then the other thing is the safer barriers. Where was it that Jeff Gordon went into the inside? Vegas, Vegas. Okay, what's that? It was, it was it, the it, hardest hit he ever took. And the and it, we got a break here in, in twenty seconds. Yeah. We can wrap it up, but no, it was the, the back stretch of Vegas where it was a, a, the wall jutted out, and it was before the safer barrier said it was the hardest hit he ever took, and he was lucky he walked away from that one. Yeah, man, scary stuff. But boy, they're out there. They put on a show for us. We're going to come back and wrap up this show, the first hour at least, when we come back. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Wrapping up hour number one of Vegas Sportsbook Radio. Brian Blessing and Stevie Slapshot. Second hour, we got great stuff for you. Jeff Sherman from the Superbook is going to talk about the PGA uh, in L.A. at the Genesis Invitational at Riviera NHL NBA with Jeff and our buddy Mark Lawrence from Playbook.com will join us as well. Stevie, final couple of minutes. I, I didn't mean to cut you off. We were up against the break. You were talking about, we were talking about NASCAR and the scary accidents, and you were talking about the Jeff Gordon hit you knew that he took a bad one and it honestly it was right here at the las vegas motor speedway and that, that was a terrifying thing 
I, I thought it was, but I, I, I couldn't remember for sure. So I didn't, I didn't want to say it. I thought it was at Vegas, but so when, when I saw him impact that, you know, it seems to me it wasn't too long after Earnhardt had passed and that the impact of that was much harder in my mind than Earnhardt hitting the wall in Daytona. And, and, and the, there were several things at the instant. One of the first ones was, who designed that? Why is that sticking out there? You know? Mm-hmm. And then the other, and then and then we had just seen Earnhardt not, not too long before, and I, and I thought immediately, Jeff Gordon's dead. There's no way he can survive that. So well, for those safer the, the, barriers. The irony is, I was just going to say, I'm watching this documentary last night, the very next race after Daytona. Dale Jr. went into the wall the exact same way, and he come limping out of the car. Uh, it was like, oh, my God. I mean, it literally happened. The exact same thing happened to Dale Jr. the next race. Yeah, no, I mean, that stuff's insane. By the way. I don't remember that. What track was that at? Oh, I just saw it. I don't know if it was Richmond. Oh, I don't think it was. But, it, no, honestly, it was terrifying. It was the same exact thing. By the way, NASCAR, staying in Daytona, you got the road course this week. Chase Elliott's a monster. You know, probably a, he's a deserving favorite. It's, it, nothing like a sure thing in car racing. But, uh, Chase Elliott's going to be a handful. Watch out for Martin Truex or Blaney, maybe, to be the ones that could upset him. But NASCAR soldiers on him. They'll be heading out to Vegas here in just a couple of weeks. Good stuff, hour one in the cookie jar. Vegas Sportsbook Radio on the Sportsbook Radio Network and Sirius Channel.